listening to my other episodes it means the world to me and I'm gonna thank every single one of you guys every single time I come up on here um, for listening to every single one of my episodes and it's been a while um, been dealing with some stuff <laughs> personal stuff um, but it's gonna be all right today what I wanted to talk to you guys about is the uh, the blessing that I had of my mother. Um, this is a very touchy subject because uh, she's not long. She's no longer with us. Um, but nonetheless, we're gonna get this started. Ninfa Caballero, it's her name. Ninfa Guajardo. And she married my my father, Jacinto Caballero. She became Ninfa Caballero. She had ten of us. I'm the, I'm the youngest one of 10, and wow, it's been an experience. It's been a ride. <laughs> I can tell you that much right now. But um, a description of my mother. She was a very strong woman, a very um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? She knew what she wanted. At times, we saw her as stubborn, <laughs> um, but she always went for what she wanted. She knew what was right and she knew what was wrong, and she always tried to choose everything that was right for her family, for her kids, for her grandkids. Um, Big-hearted woman. My queen. In... Oh man, I want to say, I'm not sure what the year it was, I think it was 98. Um, at that time we were living in Aurora, Illinois, that's 45 minutes west of Chicago, my hometown. And every year uh, on the block of 5th Street on the uh, southwest of Aurora, they, every year they had a, what was called a um, a block block uh, or a street garage sale. In other words, everyone down that street was having garage sales or yard sales. And my brother-in-law Juan Perez, he um, for a living he installs flooring uh, from ceramic to tile to 
um, hardwood floors to carpet and he had samples of which you know he he told me you want to make you want to make a little bit of money sell those samples so i was and those samples that were i don't know i want to say two feet by three feet maybe maybe a little bit bigger maybe it was three feet by five feet anyways you can use them as area rugs as soon as you walk in you can have them there to wherever you know whenever you have visit they can wipe their feet or have them in your bedroom or whatever the case may be anyways there are sample rugs and I remember that this is this is my sister's house my sister Ninfa actually what a coincidence her name's also Ninfa on 5th Street and the, when you come out of her house or at that time when you came out of her house it was a flight of stairs of maybe mm, six steps then it was a walk path to towards the drive or towards the, the sidewalk and then to get to the sidewalk it was another flight of three fa uh, three steps and so the yard dipped down so it had a little hill and I was down there by the by the sidewalk and uh, I'm selling the, the sample rugs right I think they were like two bucks each or three bucks each depending on how big or small um, and then I hear one of our good friends his name is Eduardo we call him El Cubano and um, I remember he screamed out my sister's name Ninfa Ninfa, hurry up. When I look back, my mom is passed out on those six flight of stairs coming out of her house. And she's, she fainted. Um, we, you know, maybe it was dehydration. Maybe it was the heat. I don't know. She fainted. I rushed to her. I, I dropped everything I had. I had money in my hands. I dropped it. And I ran to her. And I picked her up in, in my arms. And my mother was not fat, but she was really thick. She was very heavy. And I don't know how I managed to do that. But I picked her up and I carried her to the van. At that time, my sister had a minivan. And we rushed, rushed her to the hospital and that's what it was. It was a heat stroke and you know, we were, we were there in time and what happened. I will never forget that day because uh, I, I still remember very clearly what she had on. She had some strap-on sandals that were colored brown. She had some blue jeans. She had a blue shirt that was a uh, flannel, sh uh, short sleeve. She had long hair at that time and she had dyed it black. She, she always wore her glasses. So I remember her very clearly that day. Yeah, I picked her up and I took her to the van and we rushed her to the hospital. And you know, it was a scare, but it was just a heat stroke. Uh, in that day in particular, I, I, I noticed something. When I looked back and I saw my mother laid out on the steps, because she, she fainted on the porch, and when she fainted, she slid down the steps, and it looked like she had broken her legs, but it wasn't. It was just the way her body was laid on the steps. Um, I looked at her, and in that split moment, that split couple of minutes, I saw my hero laid out on the porch steps thinking, Lord, you can't take her now. It's not time. I remember that day very clearly. I mean, we were all scared and 
we thought we were going to lose her that in 98. No, it was just a little scare. She had heat stroke and, you know, a block and a half away was our home on Parker Avenue. 519 Parker Avenue. And granted that in, in, in uh, my, I should say, mind you, that in, in, in Illinois, and as and as you start going as start as you start going north, they have two story homes, sometimes three story homes. They're huge, and our home was two story and had a basement. So after we're everything was done, we we go back home. You know, have the AC on because it's super blazing hot outside. It's humid. You know, it's not like West Texas where I live, where it's dry heat. No, this is this is some humid stuff. And, you can feel it when you're in the house. I remember that our our house was made out of brick and or cinder block, and you can feel the humidity. It it was just horrible, and if you didn't have the AC on, it was just miserable. Anyways, we went home, and you know I I made sure that she was okay. She was well hydrated and fed. Um, my sisters were there to help and what have not. We fast forward a little bit to 2001, where in I was supposed to graduate. And that's a different story for a different day. <laughs> um, I was supposed to graduate and I did not. And like I said, I'll, I'll get into that story another day. But when I didn't graduate, my mom, I see, I seen the, the look in her face of disappointment and it hurt. It hurt really bad. Didn't realize how, how much um, it would hurt to, you know, see her disappointed. I've seen her disappointed several times in my life on, on me, and you know, and that's just a, a look that I don't want to see ever on a mother, right? But <laughs> it happened. Um, so you know, 18, I barely broken up with my girlfriend when I, you know, at 17. Um, they've lived. I turned 20, and I met my what she is now my ex-wife I mean I've known her since she was 12 um, I remember that uh, the way she came to me the way she, we got together the way we we, we got married was, wasn't right um, I wouldn't say right it was just in, it wasn't the custom traditional way of going and having a wedding and going to the church and what have now we did it through the courthouse and I remember that day, December 1st, we were excited because we were getting finally married after the whole troublesome of what we went through. I had asked my mother to go with me. Never once did I ever feel alone until that day. Mind you, in 98, I saw my hero laid out down the steps of my sister's house. And the devastating blow that my hero was going to give me resonates in my ears till this day. I asked, Mom, can you, can you and my sister Lala go with me? Could you guys be part of it? And she said, no, it's fine. You guys go ahead. I got, I got things to do here at the house. You want to talk about mixed emotions right there. I mean, I'm happy because I'm about to get married. 
but I'm sad because my mother's not there. And I don't remember any weddings that I was born, since I was born, that she didn't go to. Except for mine's and my brother's. But when she told me that, it, it devastated me. Again, at that time, I didn't feel so much alone like I did that day. But anyways, we went and we got married to the courthouse. It was December 1st, so it's winter, right? And uh, obviously Christmas trees and, and what have not, Christmas lights. And I remember the judge telling us, you guys, you guys want to get married here in the courtroom or you guys want to get married in the hallway? And in the hallway, right in the middle of the building, there's a huge, I want to say 15 foot at the most, Christmas tree decorated very beautifully. And then they had an elementary school where they, they had the students cut out... Um, snowflakes with paper and uh, I remember I look up and I see all the snowflakes and I see the Christmas trees and we, we said yes and what have not I come home and my mom's still sitting in the same spot as when we left the first time to go get married she always had this one one spot at the table at her at her dining room table. There she would either either do a puzzle or she'd be reading her scripture or taking notes or figuring out bills. That one chair, that one spot, it was always her spot. I remember she was there and she was you know again with that disappointed look. And she tells me, "Yeah, I'm happy for you guys." But you guys make it work. Because this time you guys are forever now. <laughs> in. In 2007. Well. Let me rewind a little bit. I have my son. In 2006. Happiest moment in my life. My son, my firstborn is a son. My, my mom fell in love with him. In fact, I have a picture right here in front of me where we're at one of my sister's house and she's kneeled down on the ground behind my son and my son is crawling down the hallway. <laughs> Beautiful mother. Um, in 2007, December, I'm living in Decatur, Illinois. That's three hours south of Aurora about 30 minutes east of Springfield, Illinois. I get a phone call from my sister saying that we gotta, we gotta rush back to Aurora because my mom's sick. They can't figure out what's wrong with her and it looks like she's about to die. We go home and instead of going to the house or my mom's house, by that time, she already moved to another home. We uh, we go straight to the hospital, and she's in horrible shape. She's she's she can't breathe right, and she's in pain. And the doctors trying to do everything that she that they can at that time before they get the results to you know come for her, but none of the medicine is working. They drew blood, and they took 
x-rays and MRIs and asked her where it hurts and it's her stomach and so they did and they came back to us and they tell us that she's got cancer in her pancreas and if you if you research pancreatic cancer or if you research period which Cancer is the most deadliest. It's pancreatic cancer. Right. Before my mother got sick with cancer, if you guys remember when I shared with you guys my story of cancer, my nephew had gotten sick with leukemia. That was the first ever in our family to that we knew about cancer. And, and it was devastating because we saw my nephew in bad shape. And then my mother is pancreatic cancer a cancer that the doctor says that there's no hope that she gives that that he gives her six months to live at that point I'm like what am I supposed to do my hero she's down again but this time for real when I say that she's my hero when I was nine years old my parents split and I've never since then had any encounter with my father as far as a relationship with him yeah he was my father but the one that did everything for me the one that, that was there for me was my mother she was my dad and she was my mom my hero We had to move back to Aurora from Decatur. She couldn't make the house paint, so I got a place for her. We all lived in there, a three-bedroom house. And uh, every day, her health was just getting worse and worse, and deteriorating. Again, remember how I told you guys that she was a thick woman? She, she wasn't fat, but she was thick. And she was just losing so much body weight in such a rapid time. She would eat and, and days, there would be days where she didn't want to eat. The moments that she did eat, we were very excited because we thought, man, you know, maybe there's a recovery process to this. Um, her health kept on getting worse and worse and worse. And worse. And it came to a point where, right before she passed away, she had asked us to take her outside because, I mean, everybody was at my house and we we're having a cookout and she just wanted to see her family for the one last time. And I remember that I picked her up. And her body was weak. She's been laying in the bed for months at a time now, at this point. So her, her strength, her, her body strength, it was gone. And uh, I forgot about that. So as I go and try to pick her up to put her in the wheelchair, her, she has no strength in her neck. And so her, her head just goes back and it hurts her. And she's like, you know what, never mind, I'll just stay here. 
Y'all go outside and have fun. couple of days before she passed away I remember she I want to say she was in a small mini coma because she fell asleep she didn't wake up again but her her breathing was difficult to hear it sounds like it sounded like she was gargling and, and choking in her spit and there was nothing that we could do the night before she passed away we all said goodbye to her August 14, 2008. I'm at work and it's about 11. No, not even. It's about, yeah, it's about 11.15. And, and I remember that it was 11.15. Because my mother and my father ended up dying at the same time. I mean, I was, uh, same hour, I should say. I get the phone call from my sister and she's like, you know what, mom's dead. I didn't get to experience to see her pass away. But they told me that right before she passed away, she, she snapped out of her coma. She wasn't able to talk, but she snapped out of her coma and around her were a bunch of my sisters and brother. And she looked at every single one of them, gave them a smile all around her bed, about maybe a minute or half a minute of each staring into their eyes. And she, when she got to the last one, she smiled, closed her eyes, and never opened them up again. I rushed home. During this whole time that my mom was sick, I couldn't cry. There was no tears that flowed out. There was nothing at all. Yeah, I was hurting, but I, I couldn't cry. So they let her body there in my house for another two hours. I remember my sister was at the store when she passed away and she didn't know and she came back and she saw us all crying and she saw my mom dead and she just jumped on her my mom had a hernia I want to say it was a hernia on her stomach and prior to her passing away she would tell my sisters y'all need to go buy some towels because I'm, I'm I have a feeling that when I do pass away I'm gonna bleed a lot so when my sister jumped on her gave her a hug she was just crying and crying my sister Idalia or we call her Lala whatever that sack was on top of her on her stomach it popped and this liquid just started oozing out she knew she knew from the very beginning that something was going to happen well hospice came they called the ambulance they, they pronounced her dead at 11 15 in the morning august 14 2008 they put her in a body bag they take her out Again, mind you that I haven't been able to cry all this time. I didn't even cry when I seen her dead.
If there's one thing that y'all need to know about me is I'm a very sensitive person. Um, I get sensitive so, so fast. So, they obviously they removed her body from my house and I'm, I, we had a poncho, a brown poncho. It was reversed. One side was brown with, brown, uh, with white deers. The other side was white with brown deers. And I'm taking it off the, the the window because, you know, she wanted it dark. So I'm bringing in sunshine. As I'm doing that, I see my brother-in-law, Osvaldo Marquez, that I've never in my entire life was able to see cry. Ever. I've never seen him cry. So that day, he was just wailing, crying. I look back. And when I seen him cry... I couldn't hold it no more. I just busted out crying. Like a, 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 I don't know, it was, it was uncontrollable. My hero was gone. If any of you guys are listening and you guys have lost a loved one, whether it's a mom or dad, a grandparent, an uncle, an aunt, a niece, a nephew, a son or daughter, a grandson or a granddaughter, or even a friend, you would know that it hurts a lot. It hurts a lot and you know, the fact is, is that it doesn't hurt the fact that they're dead. It hurts the fact that they're not alive. There's a difference between that. It hurts the fact that they're not here anymore. It hurts the fact that that person that you used to speak to a lot it's not there anymore. When you need to talk to somebody and that person's not there no more, what do you do? Nothing. You remember everything that they taught you. So my hero was gone. I remember we went, we had her funeral and she didn't look the same. It wasn't her. It was just a show. And, uh, so we, we take her to the gravesite and put her in the hole. During that time, my sister Maria, she just hysterically starts crying out. Never seen my sister cry like that ever. And it, it brought all of us to tears. By that time, my, my daughter Hadassah was already born, but my mom was not able to enjoy her because that was the same year that she, she passed. Or I wouldn't say the same year, but during that year, my mom was sick, so she wasn't able to hold her right. And she, you know, she carried her as if she was an infant, you know, when she was an infant, but that's it. Two thousand and thirteen, when I get sick with cancer, my third child was born. She doesn't know who my mom is. 
she'll never get to know who grandma was in person on my side. My son's 14 now. Next year we'll be doing a, quinceañera, a quinceañera for him. Yes. In the Hispanic world, boys have quinceañeras too. But my mother won't be there. And my daughter's quinces. My mm -hmm. mom won't be there. My divorce, my mom wasn't there. She always had those words to say. She always had those the words of knowledge to teach you, to 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 instruct you, to tell you. I, I if you guys would have known my mom, you guys would say that I'm like her. But I know that she's in a better place now. She ain't suffering. She ain't hurting. She finally got her healing. My mother was a loving, beautiful woman. Who at times didn't realize it. She just lived life to the fullest in Wisconsin there's a lake by the name of Silver Lake we'd go there almost every year it was the delight of her of, of her life her favorite animal was a dolphin and so when my sister took her to Galveston she was able to see dolphins she said that their, their bellies are red and I guess it's because of how they jump out and out of the water and they smack their bellies on on the, on the water she said that that was the most beautiful experience. That was the year before she passed away. She was able to see dolphins up in person in the ocean for the first time. And uh, if you guys see an episode, or, or not an episode, but a, a documentary, or if you guys go to YouTube and you guys see how. Uh, a mom, a mother lion or a mother, uh, a dog that just had puppies or a lioness that had cubs or any any type of animal that had their, their, their kids or their babies. How they will attack if you come near. That's how my mom was. She, she protected every single one of us and to the max. And many a times we... We did a lot of things against her that she didn't deserve none of it. She, she was just loving. All she wanted to do was love her kids. <laughs> I remember that she was hard on us as we were kids. But then when we started having our own grand, our own babies, <laughs> she, uh, she was a t total different person, man. Ninfa, uh, caballero. You will always be in our memories. You will always be in our hearts. We miss you. That's for sure. 
though you're in a better place and I know you can't hear this just know that I still love you one day we'll see each other again I believe it with all my heart I remember you would tell us what are you guys gonna do when I'm gone you guys are not gonna be able to uh, handle yourselves and, well she told us that for a reason because that there at the beginning when she was gone we didn't know what we, we were doing we always relied on her and everything happens for a reason and she when she was gone it, it taught us a lot how to be independent now and how to Maneuver life, maneuver life without her. And uh, I just wish she was still here. I don't feel no resentment. I don't feel no no anger towards God for taking her. I mean, in fact, I, I I'm more more happy that she's not in this world than if she was. With this, whole, with this whole pandemic of the coronavirus, COVID-19, and everything that's been happening, I, I, I just, I'm glad that she's not able to see none of this. And uh, I want to apologize to you guys for getting sentimental. But, uh, you know, my queen, she's gone. So... But she left a lot of teachings in my life. She left a lot of, a lot of. Uh, she scorned me a lot. That I, for sure, I can tell you that for a fact. But she, uh, without a shadow of a doubt, was one of the most. She was the best. I love you guys. Uh, this is shorter than normal. It's just that I just wanted to share my my experience with her. And of course, there's a lot more to talk about. You know, that's just a little span of what I experienced with her. And there's, like I said, there's a whole lot more. It's just that time, time is of the essence. And, and I want to leave you guys with this: love one another, share with each other memories, or it's not forever. People come and go. They don't last forever, but the memories do. And cherish these moments while we still can. This is Israel Caballero with Sparta's Voice. I love you guys. Until next time, stay safe.
Oh 